today in the grisly murders of a local family found earlier this week. I didn't want to move here. We couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore. Plus, the new story I'm writing is here. Is the story a good one this time? I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read. I got a really good feeling about this. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. Family hanging out. Barbecue 79. That's the family who lived here. You think these are serial murders? I don't know. First one I found dates back to the 60s. The only link between all these cases is the symbol. The symbol is associated with a pagan deity named Bagul. He consumes the souls of human children. I have never been onto something this big before. Early Christians believed that Bagul actually lived in the images themselves and that they were gateways into his realm. Children exposed to the images were especially vulnerable to Bagul's abduction. Sweetheart, what are you doing? Painting. I wanted to paint her picture. Who are you talking about? Stephanie. She used to live here. What's the matter? What's happened? Get the kids. Pack the car. We have to leave here now. Welcome to Movie the Podcast. That's right, Movie the Podcast. That's right. It is the first week of Deck the Hawks. It's, oh, that was the That's title. That's what it is. I couldn't is think that of what it. Is that what it is? Yeah, Sean asked me yesterday, and I it's could not, not think Ethan of... Bells. I, I thought it was like... I thought it was like Ethan Hawktober or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Ethan Hawksember. I don't know. I couldn't remember. God rest ye merry Ethan Hawks, whatever we're calling Wow. I like yeah. that one. Um, what did we watch this week? We watched my pick, which was Sinister. Yeah, it sure was. It's a film. Barely. Um, ah, arguable. I, I take it back. I don't even know if it's a film. <laughs> like, I've got a lot of thoughts about this. It's like a, a video project that, that went it's wrong. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So we can, well, this is going to be brief. We'll get into it. But anyway. Um, yeah. The synopsis will be fun because there's like really. There's, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing happens. Yeah. It's like this stupid. movie's like this movie like to bury the lead. This movie is like like a half baked idea from one of those like anthology movies that has like three stories in it. Yeah, like half of one of those. Very much so. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but they somehow made that an hour and like fifty minutes. Like, how did it, you it take? Was, it was almost two hours long. It was insanely long. I was like, there, why yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah. this movie that fucking long? Anyway, yeah, we'll get into it. All right. So, what everybody watch? Sean, you've been here in a while. I've watched one movie that I recall. I've just been playing Yakuza 7 a lot. Nice. Uh, How is I that? Watched the, it's a wonderful game. It's the best one. 
It was like my favorite game, and I couldn't tell you how long. Really? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't stick with a lot of non-sports games lately. Uh, I don't really feel like I have the time for them. But okay. like all the free time I do have, I kind of spend with this. Wow! And the the fighting, like the the kind of JRPG systems working for you? Yeah, like I was worried about it because I really enjoy. I mean, I really enjoy the combat in the other Yakuza games, but this one's like just as good. Like I can get into an RPG, like JRPG. Like I got in Persona Five for a while. They're fun. Uh, I like JRPGs. Yeah, it's just like it's great because it's it's incredibly goofy and also like incredibly melodramatic in the best kind of Japanese sort of way. Nice. And like a lot of the Yakuza games, I just end up kind of fucking around and playing Space Harrier a lot and forgetting yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. But this story is actually pretty good. It's yeah, it's not as like uh, um, grandiose as some of them are, but it's like a good crime story. And the main character isn't like cool the way Kiryu no. is. He's kind of a dork, actually. Yeah, it's like it's very endearing. Well, that's fun. There's an arcade in this game where you can play Virtual Fighter Two, and I've already spent a lot of time doing that. I think it has Virtual Fighter Four or Five somewhere too. Apparently. Oh really? Oh shit. Yeah. But um, now I watched the uh, Fox's uh, um, Attic Evil Twin, the New Mutants. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty Hugo. good. It was pretty good. Uh, I know somebody that were like in a. So one of these like endless Facebook groups with said it's Her- not close. To- what's uh, that? Oh yeah, I, I was about to say we're in a one of the many people are in a uh, what's the a blood uh, feud? Term? No, a, a parasocial relationship with. Yeah, is that, is that, the, is that the word? Yeah, that that's exactly it. Um, said it's not like approaching the upper tier of X Men movies, but I think our contention on this show is that the X Men movies on balance are not very good. No, um, no, yeah, but that's my contention. They. they yeah, they're not very good at all. There's more bad ones than good ones. Yeah, and they're, like, shockingly bad. They're not just, like, run-of-the-mill, like, Ant-Man 2 bad. All that movie. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Pretty awful. Um, I, I'm sure you guys talked about it quite a bit on the show. Uh, I didn't listen. But hmm. I think if it needs to steer a lot more into the horror elements. Because it's, it's basic. Dogs, did you see it yet? No, I'm watching it yet. It's the Dream Warriors. Oh, like it's a hundred percent that movie. Like you, yeah. that's the movie they want to make. And there's some really kind of effective horror stuff that is only in it for a second, though. Like some stuff with Cannonball. Yeah, but like, they drop really it great pretty night- fast. Like yeah. that was my biggest complaint with the movie is that I felt like the stuff that worked they kind of let go, and then by the end it just kind of ends like a normal superhero movie. Like they're all fighting like a big monster. And it's like okay. I mean, I still overall I liked it though. I, I really like. We'll probably yeah. never see it, but I want to see that first draft that got sent to like test audiences that didn't do well, which apparently didn't have one of the characters. I'm not. I, I'm guessing it was Sunspot, but I'm not sure. I'm not. I have. I'm not sure who exactly it was. Hmm. Yeah, Sunspot feels like really, really underdeveloped. Um, but uh, there's like a really great scene where Cannonball like punching himself in the face with his uh, blast field active. Yeah, he's the, like that's not really nigh, explored, but it's good. He's nigh invincible he when not, he's blasting. Uh, his British actor has like one of the most curious Southern American accents I've ever heard in my life. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of bad. The accents real, in general just kind of go in and out. Yeah, it's so, kind of like when they did the, one, like, the opposite of Daniel Craig and Knives Out. Oh God! Uh, I don't know. It's not bad. as like intentionally not comical, bad. I guess. <laughs> 
Um, he doesn't sound like I don't know. One thing like, I did want to like mention about this movie that I thought was interesting is that they have a same sex romance that's actually handled like incredibly well. Like it's very sweet and kind of uh, like yeah, they, it's they, shockingly well handled. They do a good job. They don't like lampshade it or like make it the entire point of the movie. Like it feels like natural and like well written. Yeah, it's like a really sweet like young person's relationship and. Like, of all the characters, I think they get Rain the best. And I was reading some interview with, uh, it's not Josh Trank, but whoever the guy is that directed Josh something. Right. Uh, and he said he identified with Rain the most because he had some kind of crazy religious upbringing. Huh. Interesting. And I yeah, think I that kind of comes through. And Ra- Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was going to say, Rain's like a tough character. Also, I didn't know her name was pronounced Rain until like the Peter David X Factor. Like, I always thought it was like Raheen or something. That's not a name I've ever seen before. But uh, there's a scene where in the first like uh, issue of the the Larry Stroman and Peter David X Factor, where it's like, how do you feel about Rain? And uh, one of the characters goes, I don't know, makes the grass grow. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> that's how you pronounce that name. Yeah. How's it spelled? Oh, R A H N E. Yeah, it's huh. Irish. Right? She's Irish. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you get like, yeah, like also like fucking yeah. Sorsha, which doesn't look any like, or or Siobhan, which looks like Sibahan. Like, yeah, well, she the, gets the thing, she gets good stupid. Old, good old Sibahan. The, the, the thing that works well with this is some, uh, a problem they run into with the comics because like this like kind of original version of her is very naive and that plays well. But now that she's been in the Marvel universe for like forty years, they can't really lean on that as much. Yeah, true. But I think they do a good job in this. Uh, it was cool to see Lockheed in it. It wasn't like it, it wasn't overly X Men y in the way that like uh, the Apocalypse movie was, or I don't know, pretty much all of them. Like you knew it was an X Men movie, but it didn't feel as I don't know how to put what the way I'm looking for is, but like it's kind of like <laughs> it yeah, wasn't like fan service y. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I definitely agree with that. It just felt like a movie. It's like, it totally like watchable. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It did. It did feel yeah, like there. Was- it did feel stitched together at times. Like there's a scene. Alec and I talked about this on the show, but there's a sequence where, like, they're they're under attack in the school, and like Sunfire is nowhere. Or Sunfire. Yeah. No. 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 Sunspot. No. Sunspot. 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 Sunspot is nowhere to be found. And then they're like, "Oh, he was in the kitchen watching washing uh, dishes, and he had his headphones up really loud." And it seems like, "Oh, he wasn't in this scene originally, was he?" More than right. movie. Yeah, yeah. Like it seems pretty obvious. But overall, I, I don't know. I would much rather watch New Mutants than the last three X Men movies. Like I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. Also, doesn't overstay its welcome. It's relatively short. I think it's like an hour. Yeah, and, a half. and um, it uh. For sure, it feels like a different movie. At least they're trying something. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So but it sounds like they didn't try something all the way. Well, no, no, and I get. I assume that's probably some kind of like studio note or something. Like you can't. But they're not going to let them have like a completely. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. But like, One of those I, are trying to like cover too many bases. But, like, to that end, I don't understand why. Because, like, think about something like Deadpool. Deadpool was, like, way different than all the other X-Men movies. And, and you'll they, also like, never see it again. Well, they did it twice, and they're going to make another Disney, one. And then Disney bought them. Yeah, Disney's got... They hired the Bob's Burger are they doing? 
Are they doing a third R-rated Deadpool movie? Yeah, well, they're doing a third one. I don't know if it's R-rated. I, I genuinely don't think you can need to make it R-rated, but they hired the two head writers from Bob's Burgers to write the screenplay. So it's probably going to be good. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, but but again, like, you're playing with, like, the other thing is that you're playing with house money, right? Like, who cares? Like, especially for a movie, I don't understand why they shelved this movie for so long. Like, it was such an abomination, because it was fine. Like, it wasn't. I mean, I, you know what I mean? It was good. It, it's You put out Dark Phoenix, but you didn't yeah. put this out? Like, I don't understand. Like, what was the... I, what was I expected this to be... A, like, I, I expected this to be, like, a fan-four-stick level, like, oh, yeah. disaster. Yeah, me too. I think everybody And it did. wasn't that at all. No. No, not at all. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I really don't understand why they were like holding off on releasing this like it was such a disaster because it was good. I don't, whatever. I, I like again, Dark Phoenix is a thousand times worse than this. But yeah, that's all I watched. Uh, gobbles. I watched <clears throat> three and a half things. Nice. God damn. Yeah, I watched, uh, well, you missed the other week. I watched seven things. You did. Um, Oof. Let's start with easy stuff. I watched George C. <laughs> Scott's Christmas Carol. I love that movie. Uh, Your second was, favorite version of the Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's uh, for a CBS made-for-TV movie. George C. Scott like gives up the body on this one. Like, he really lays it all out there. He's amazing in it. So he, he plays Scrooge. I've yeah. never seen it. Oh, it's the best. It's, it's the best traditional one. The Muppets one is the best one. No, Scrooge is that's what, I was gonna... what about the Muppets? The Muppets, Muppets, Christ- Muppets Christmas Muppets Carol is fantastic. I love the Muppets Christmas Carol. Don't get me wrong, but the George C. Scott of like the traditional, like of the traditional story, this is the best one. Scrooge is my favorite one, just of the whole thing. But uh, this one's so good. George C. Scott is like so fucking good in it, and like I say, it's a made-for-TV movie, and he just and the Ghost of Christmas Present. Is like this, like weird, jolly, menacing prick. It's amazing. Um, you get hit by Christmas in the groin. Yeah, right. Ah, <laughs> no man died celebrating Christmas for his country. You made another poor. He made some other sore son of a bitch die celebrating Christmas or celebrating Christmas for his country. Um, <laughs> Saint Nick, you crazy bastard! I read your book. Your book. <laughs> so, uh, I did. I also watched uh, Elf. Uh, nothing to be said about that other than it's just wholesome and hilarious. Uh, it's a movie that I never thought I would have liked, and I was wrong. So there's that. Um, I also watched a movie from IFC After Dark. Uh, after Dark or After Midnight, whatever that, whatever it's called. Like, I watched like, Art House. Or- Orson Obowitz's Trespassers. The hell is that? It is terrible. It's a movie about I don't know. I, I had a it had a cool cover. It had like this like uh sort of like a luchador mask or like a Day of the Dead mask with a bloody knife. I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. And it's like a weird sort of a very bad things situation that's happening with two couples in like a Airbnb, but there's like a Mexican cartel who's after something in the house. And Ferruzia Balk shows up. It's bad. Wait, was uh, was what's his name in that? Uh, There's like no one in this movie. Ferruzia Balk. 
No, John Carter, that guy. What's that actor's name? Was he? No, I'm thinking of that Oliver Stone movie. What the hell is that movie called? That's called. It's called like Trespassers, isn't it? I thought it was. No, 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 no. That's called like Savages. Savages. That's Savages. It's fucking awful. Sounds yeah, yeah, this was this is bad. I do not recommend Trespassers. I think it was. I forget what it was on. I forget if it was on Amazon or if it was on fucking uh, Netflix. But I was just fucking around, and it's um, it's awful. So don't watch that. But then I watched half of a movie that I knew I liked and forgot how much I liked. Uh, I watched, and I'm going to watch the other half as soon as we're done. I watched half of Neil Marshall's Doomsday. Doomsday. <laughs> that movie bangs, and Neil Marshall kicks a pile of ass. Like, dog not soldiers. All the, not all the time. Watch, well, watch, yeah. his Hellboy, watch his Hellboy movie. It's trash. All right, well, I got to check that one out. But, no, like, bad. just take my word for it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you just hold on to watch it. Dog Soldiers is a ton of that fun. Uh, yeah, I like Dog Soldiers. Centurion, ton of fun. Yeah, fucking Love the Doomsday. Really good. Didn't he make um, that? Say what? Didn't he make the Descent? Yeah, I think he did. I think we had this conversation like when I watched Dog Soldiers like two months ago. Like, I wish that um, I wish that he would get a shot at like uh, a fucking uh, Resident Evil movie. Like, <laughs> like this movie is super fun. It's like the true spiritual successor to Escape from New York. Um, It's got all the dumb shit you want in like a post-apocalyptic society went to hell kind of movie. Um, And it's gory as all hell. So, I don't think I've ever seen it. I feel like I really? was about... I think I was about to watch it about 40 times and I never watched it. Oh, do yourself a favor. Sean, you've seen it, right? That's a Rona Mitra, right? Correct. Yes, I have seen it. It's Thoughts? it's it's fun. It's not it's not like Dog Soldiers good. I mean, not that Dog Soldiers is like a fucking masterpiece, but like it's. I don't know. It's good. It's it's very watchable. It's a lot. It's it's fun to watch. It's like fucking over the top as hell without being like terrible. So, uh, I'm gonna finish it up. Is it on anything? It's on Peacock, actually. Oh shit! Look at you breaking out the peacock. Shout out peacock. Did you update your Roku so you could get it? Because we couldn't watch it that one time. I uh, apparently my other Roku, like I got a new one for upstairs. So hopefully it'll work. Did you apparently. hear that, that Roku is in like a blood feud with HBO? Really? You, you can't get apparently you can't get HBO Max on Roku. Wow! And, and HBO like, Max just announced that big deal where like all like Dune. Well, that's like, where the blood feud comment comes in because that was the article I read where no they're kidding. Like, is this going to be the thing where they're finally going to work with HBO because they're going to have like every Warner Brothers movie next year? Wow, and that's a weird deal, right? Like it's like it's like one month to like watch the movie and then it's off and then it goes to theaters. No, 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 no not what I read. They said if you're talking about the Warner Brothers thing, they said they're coming out to the theaters and HBO Max the same day. But it's only on HBO Max for like a month. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I thought, I thought, sorry, I thought it was like limited on HBO Max, and then it's only in theaters after that. I mean, even if that's the case, like big deal. You have a month to watch like a new yeah, movie. If I can watch Dune, also, also to let you know the way the internet works, they'll be available forever. Like right. as soon as they're on HBO Max, they you'll be able that's to download. Yeah. yeah. 
They wait, didn't wait, announce, they, but they, besides, I don't. They haven't actually re- announced a release schedule, right? Like besides Wonder Woman. Well, like, Dune, I, don't think, I thought I thought Dune was going to come out like this. I haven't, I haven't seen a date. Oh, really? Um, Matrix for Dune. Well, they're, they're, just, they're, 20, they're saying the 2021 slate. So did Dune already get pushed back? Yeah, it got pushed back till next year, till December of next year. They oh, said. I thought it was still coming out December of this year. Mom. No, I wish. No, I mean it could. It's finished. It's it, like they could release it fucking the same day as Wonder Woman if they wanted to. It's done. Right, because with this deal, right? They could. I guess they want to. They really want to see if they can. What I don't understand is packed this, theaters, right? like, but no, no Denny Villeneuve movie is packed theaters. So, well, yeah, but that, that here's the thing I don't understand, right? Before Warner Brothers announced this deal where they were going to put everything on HBO Max, Netflix offered uh, Legendary Pictures, which whoever puts out the fucking Godzilla King Kong movie, I think it's Legendary, but that's a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. Anyway, Netflix offered $250 million to buy the movie so they could show it on Netflix. For For the Kong movie? For the it's Godzilla versus King Kong. It's coming out next year. That's got to make them money, right? Well, but here's my question: Where is that two fifty come? Like, how is like that's a lot of money two hundred fifty million dollars? How do they? How does? How does an HBO Max? How does a Netflix recuperate that money? Yeah, I mean, like, well, Netflix doesn't. That's why they're in horrific debt. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, okay. They they keep taking out loans because they have to compete, but it's like. They're gonna. There's probably gonna be another series of uh, rate increases. I know they've done another one. They just did another one recently, one a couple days ago. Yeah, did they? But HBO's owned by Warner's, so it's not like they're losing money besides a the theatrical thing. But nobody's gonna go to the theaters to see them anyway. But aren't they so, losing? I mean, they're they're basically losing money. Like, like how? Like, I guess that's my question, right? So if well, I think what it was, they saw Tenet, and nobody saw it basically. Yeah, in the theater, and Warner Brothers owns HBO, so they've already got the movies produced. It's not like you know they're losing yeah. anything. It's not like they're making Dune for HBO, you know? Right, right. So they're already in the can. It's like, what do you do with it? Well, we'll release it theatrically and we'll release it at home. Um, and you know, maybe three million more people sign up for HBO Max, and yeah. then a third I of guess- them forget to cancel it or whatever, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess you could make it up that way. But I also worry specifically about Dune. Not that I, again, I, I had my doubts it was going to be a, a box office like, like you know, a huge hit. But like, you know, Villanueva is planning on making. I think I think his plan is to make two more movies. Like I don't see that happening. Two more Dune movies. Want. Well, he wants to make the whole series, but I don't think that's. I, I think that's impossible. Like I don't think you're ever going to get to God I mean, Emperor Dune. It is what? HBO, so there's a possibility that, like, if it does really well, that they just spin it into a series. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's part of the reason they're doing the Justice League is like four episodes. That's a good. They're idea. trying to see what they can sequelize in that way, you know, and that way they can they can pull the plug if they if they commit to one more season of Dune and it sucks. They haven't spent two hundred fifty million dollars. They spent whatever forty five. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that way. Uh, anyway, sorry, Gogs. Uh, what else did you watch? That's it. That's everything. All right. Uh, Alex, not here. So that leaves you, buddy boo. I just watched one thing. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I recently uh, finished a book uh, by J.G. Ballard called Kingdom Come. Uh, I highly recommend the book. It's it's basically a satirical look at how consumerism easily leads to fascism. And he wrote it in like 98, I think, but it's like terrifyingly prescient to the moment we're in right now. Um, so I highly recommend that book. It's also kind of short. You'll finish it. If I finished it quickly, like any competent person will be able to read it. Is it like a, is it like a, is it a novel or is it like a, it's a fiction. It's a, it's, 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 it's it's like a story. He wrote crash. Uh, JG Ballard wrote crash. He's written a bunch of other stuff, but he always writes these dystopian fiction, uh, novels that are satiric. Um, I mean, satirical sounds like it's not a comedy. Like it's, it's very black and bleak. Uh, but anyway, I watched Kingdom Come, or I read Kingdom Come, and I loved it. And I've seen Crash, and I loved Crash. But I was like, what else? I, I was hungry for more Ballard, right? Crash the Cronenberg movie? Yeah, it's based off a J.G. Uh, Ballard novel. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, what else? I know that there's other films that have been adapted to, from his stuff. And the most recent one is a movie called High Rise, which... High Rise, the novel, is, is people's general consensus of, like, his best book, uh, which I haven't read. Uh, so I decided to watch the High Rise movie, which I have heard is not very good. So I went in kind of worried it was going to be bad. It's directed by Ben Wheatley, uh, the guy that directed Kill List and A Field in England and some other stuff that I liked. But uh, I was worried about this movie. It stars Tom Hiddleston. It stars the guy that's in the Hobbit movies that looks like Dominic West, and I can never remember his fucking name. Um, it has uh, Sienna Miller getting naked, which is wonderful. Big fan of that. Um, the premise of the movie, as the title would tell you, it's, it's called High Rise. It's about this luxury high rise that's been built up and how, like, it's like Crash in the fact that it's got this sense of, like, unreality. Like, it starts out as this kind of relatable kind of everyday mundane life thing. But then by the end, it turns into this insane like bloodbath. It's in, in like the characters. It kind of reminded me of a Yargos Lanthimos movie because like the characters are like relatable, but they all are kind of detached and like not human in weird ways. Um, overall, I really like the movie. Uh, Wait, is Yargos Lanthimos the guy made Dogtooth? Yeah, he made Dogtooth. He made... Yes killing of the sacred deer like he makes characters that are like just weird and detached and that's how this movie felt who's the greek uh, guy that made the movie we watched the other week i have no idea no one knows that guy's name the guy that directed jujitsu yeah I yeah don't i don't remember like gorbogon smuggle yeah, it was something like that gorbogon smuggle bitch uh i think that this movie high rise is really cool though like it, it's got cool music it visually is very interesting like they so the book takes place in the 70s, the 1970s, in like the Thatcher era, like England. But this um, this movie, they don't ever specifically say what year it is, but it's like the retro future, basically. Like, it's like what they thought the future was going to look like in the 1970s. Oh, I like that. So it leads to a lot of interesting design choices and like... I don't know. I think overall, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, Jeremy, like, the cast is really good. Jeremy Irons is in it. Um, and by the time of this, by the time it's over, it's like super violent and disgusting, and like there's shit that happens that's just like unbelievable. But overall, I really I thought it was really good, and I'm surprised that 
uh, I'm surprised that a lot of people just flat out hated this movie. Like even like Ben Wheatley fans were like, "Well, don't watch High Rise." And it's like, I think maybe it's because people. It's kind of like the reason that people don't like Yargos Lanthimos movies. Like they expect like human characters to act normal and they don't act normal. Like it's a, again, it's like crash. Like nobody acts normal in crash. Like it's a whole, how do you mean? Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like it's the same thing though. Right. Like I think like people watch them. If, if you're not familiar or if you're not willing to like accept the tone of the movie, you're like, well, the things that these people do are absurd. It's like, yeah, but they're absurd to like prove a point. Like he's not, like Ballard, from the you know the limited experience that I have with him, like he's good at what he the scenarios he's writing are good and interesting and thought provoking, but he's not subtle. Like there's nothing about what he writes that's subtle, and this movie is not subtle. And it's about like class struggle, and like the, the people on the top floors are like the 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 well to dos and the you know the the richer people, the architect, the guy that made the building lives on the top floor. And then the shittier people live on the lower floors. And there's basically a war between those two people. So it's obviously like a metaphor for like class struggle and stuff like that. I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. I really enjoyed it overall. I, and maybe it's because I was expecting it to be bad. I like gave it a little bit of leeway, but I thought it was pretty good overall. And you can watch it on Tubi. It's available on Tubi. I didn't watch. I that. don't know why. From the the couple ads I saw, I thought that it was going to be like a Mega City One kind of like fight your way up a building movie. And I, mean, I don't know where I got it that. Kinda, it kind of is in a weird way Ooh. because the people in the lower classes are trying to get to the higher classes. Like, so it's, Hill, a, it's a it's a vertical Snowpiercer. I mean, kind of in a way. I mean, obviously not as like visceral. It's not an action movie, Pencil. but like. Tom Hiddleston at first, like, and maybe in the book it's like this, but, like, they definitely hint at that Tom Hiddleston isn't really who he says he is, and that maybe, uh, like, his, like, because he, he comes in and he's a psychiatrist. So, like, maybe his, even his station in life is to make people impressed as to who station. he is. Station! Well, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. also, like, there's just cool, like, visual things I like a lot in this movie. Like, there's a scene in this movie where... Uh, well, obviously, this high rise is is enormous. Like it's it's huge. It like it, it massive is an understatement, right? So it has this enormous parking lot, and like there's this scene in the movie where the two like these two characters like they basically just don't remember where they park, so they go back into their houses. It's, like that's kind of like the the whole point of the, the throughout the movie. Like they they stop caring about the outside world and they just live in the high rise. The high rise becomes their entire world. Uh, like they shop in the high rise, they exercise in the high rise. Like it's all that. So it, and there's fun things like when the when the chaos starts to happen, like the parking lot. Like there's nothing but like fires and dead bodies in the parking lot. I don't know. I think it, it's if you like like weird movies, it's definitely something to check out. I think that even if you don't really care for the message of the movie, like I think that there's enough like wackiness where you'll. It, it, it's the movie, the podcast thing, right? Like, if you're going to be, if, you, you better be confusing because confusing equals interesting. And it is definitely confusing to a certain degree. But uh, I enjoyed it. I, th- I would I would recommend it. And I'd also recommend the book Kingdom Come, which I loved to pieces. Uh, one of the best things I've read in a long time. I'm going to see if it's on whatever that thing is. Ken, the thing that reads books to me because I'm stupid. Audible. It, I'm Definitely. sure it is because I found a uh, 
I found a YouTube uh, video that has the entire audio book for free, which I can send you if you'd rather have that. Oh, I've like I have like three or four like credits to burn. I, I'm sure yeah. they have it, but yeah, uh, highly recommend it. Good stuff. That's all I watched though. So, I guess we now need to talk about this. Do we though? I, I want Sean to tell me what happened in this movie. Yeah, because he's an author, and this is an author's movie. <laughs> oh, Christ. You know, it's funny, Sean. Um, Sean oh, pause real quick, Sean. Sorry. I'm going to pause you before you even get into your synopsis. No, go ahead. Sean had a, a pretty funny thread today that I appreciated. He was basically live live uh, tweeting, but on Facebook, as he was watching the movie, which I always I always find entertaining when any of us do that. Um but Sean, Sean, one of Sean's comments is, "You knew he was a writer because he had a hilariously like ridiculous uh, sweater." And His I was cardigan like, game. I was like, "I need to send Sean a sweater." Like you, that's yeah, I want to know about your cardigans. What's what your writer wear? A big cable. What, what's the, what is it, Sean? A cable knit. It's a cable knit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm it, doesn't, it doesn't fit anyone. <laughs> It's not supposed I'm to. I'm going to on a secret. I actually don't own any sweaters because sweaters don't look good on fat dudes. Well, well also, fat dudes are always hot one. anyway. So, like, if you wore something that's extra hot, you're just going to sweat. Well, maybe getting a cable well, like, Even with that sweater. Author game. Is, yeah. Even, like, but if you watch, like, the rest of the movie, it's almost like he's a ghost or something because people are, like, wearing, his wife is wearing a tank top and, and underwear. No and he's still wearing that big-ass sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this is another one of those um, writer superhero self-insert movies where they're not actually like superheroes, but uh, writers like picture themselves as also kind of detectives. Like this is another. Uh, what was the other rear one? You window, or not Rear Window? Secret Window is what I'm thinking of. But oh god, that fucking. What, movie. what was the one we watched recently where it was like the writer was like the main character and that and like that was fuck. What was that shit? You yeah. know what I'm talking about, right? Like we just watched. It was only a couple weeks ago. I can't think of it. All right, I'm gonna go through the archives. You, Doesn't you. matter. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. What happened in this stupid ass movie? Oh, so Ethan Hawke, uh, who has the most hilarious, like God's named him name. <laughs> yeah, so you know that the writer is familiar with other writers. His first name is Ellison, which I assume is a reference to uh, Harlan, Harlan Ellison. Ellison. Yeah. Yeah. And his last name is just – I forget. Osborne. Yeah, his last name is just a last name. So Osborne. So he has two last names. Yeah. I, I think I was saying to TJ, I was like, they really wanted to go hard. They should have named him Vonnegut Shatterday. <laughs> it reminded me of uh, fucking Kickass's name in the Godzilla movie. Where it was like it was like Harrison – it was like it was it was two like Spielberg people. It was like Harrison Solo or something like that. It was something <laughs> the movie we watched was it was Big Trouble because the main character was also oh, a newspaper. Oh right. yeah. That's right. Yeah, um so Ethan Hawke moves his family to a small town sigh again so they can he can write his next true crime bestseller and uh you get the impression because they literally tell you that his wife can't go grocery shopping anywhere they go because uh, the cops all hate him, which is weird because like I don't know what any of my favorite writers' spouses look like. Yeah, why? Like, but, uh, why would yeah. you ever know? Like, come on. I know it's supposed to be like a small town thing. I live in a small town. I don't know anybody here. No, um, no one does. It was such a yeah. weird. It was such a weird bit of like it's like 
like, and she's arguing with him later in the movie. She's like, I'd like to go someplace without people leering at me. It's like, who fucking, nobody gives a fuck about who you are. Like, well, it's nobody, like they try and send her me, off. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and by the way, uh, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Uh, Kickass's name in Godzilla was Ford Brody. <laughs> Ford Brody. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I was right. It's two Spielberg <laughs> names, yeah. Um, yeah. So... Oh, yeah, so the local sheriff uh, comes to threaten Ethan Hawke, uh, as you do. He gives him the kind of the uh, the Rambo threat, like, they better keep on moving. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, Ethan Hawke is upstairs in his attic, which inexplicably... So I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot, but uh, it, it suffers from the CSI television show thing of, like, uh, they're stuck in, like, the Chia Sakuro dimension where you're not allowed <laughs> to have direct lighting anywhere. Oh yeah, my it's wild. Like they, they say, there's power out. There's at least two power outages during the movie, but a, a big parts of the movie, like why aren't they turning on any lights? Well, Dude, I, there's a part. Well, I thought at the beginning, at the, the dinner, at the breakfast or the dinner the scene, dinner I thought table. they hadn't got their electricity set up. Yeah, yet. no, the movie's but, fucking dark as hell. They, the darkest. They go to an movie. exterior where the yeah, where the uh, the porch lights are on. There's a there's a scene later on where. The fucking dipshit that uh, like deputy is talking to Ethan Hawke, and there's a the the they're in the living room, so there's an open window, but it's still just pitch black where they're talking. It's like, why does the movie look like this? Like, it's so fucking dark, and like it's it doesn't. Yeah, there's literally a like it just there's a little black hole like that just light comes in and just dies in their house. (laughs) Like, yeah, and it's it's like there, you know, if you if you look at like classic like 70s horror like to shoot dark and in low light is a thing you know like rosemary's baby is a, is a definite example of that or like a modern example would be hereditary which which definitely tries to emulate that style but those scenes are still well lit you and can like see when, thing, you can see everything when, in hereditary when, when when fucking tony collette is talking to that crazy woman outside it's still not pitch black <laughs> you know what i mean like it, it was I I I was so like taken out of the movie immediately by just how badly it was shot. Like I don't understand the choice here. It's just like everything. The has- movie was it was almost hard to follow the movie if it wasn't like boring as piss and you know <laughs> yeah. eight other movies you've seen. Just because you can't see what's going on. No. I think TJ. I don't remember where you made the comment, but it was like adjust your your slider <laughs> until you can see Ethan Hawke. Yeah, it felt like it, for 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 those of you for, for those of you gamers out there, when you start a new video game, they have that thing where they have like the game's logo in the middle of the screen, and it's like put put your sliders down. That's what this movie needed. Like I I have a pretty decent TV, and I have it set pretty well, and like I couldn't see a goddamn thing in this movie. I turn on lights in my living room to watch this movie because I I could not see anything. I'm I'm not even kidding. Like no hyperbole. Like this movie was impossible to see. Like I I I don't I don't think we've ever seen anything on the show that was this dark. I the only movie I can even compare it to, and Gog's gonna appreciate this because he saw it with me in the theater, was Alien vs. Predator Requiem, which was like the darkest fucking movie. It was impossible. It was nothing but like flashes of glints of metal in pitch blackness. Yeah. And then you were left to infer what was happening by sound. It was bad. It was very bad. Anyway, Sean, sorry. Yeah, so Ethan Hawke is uh, stumble-fucking around his attic, and he trips over a box of Super 8 uh, 
real. His gigantic attic for a rancher, might I add. That thing was fucking yeah. cavernous. But he kills a scorpion. Um, forgot about that part. Yeah. Well, it weirdly, uh, Ethan Hawke is so dedicated to the craft of being a uh, writer detective that he picks up this box, puts it to the side, and then draws a box on a post-it and sticks <laughs> it to the picture of the attic that he's standing in and says, where did this box come from or whatever? Like, he can't just take a fucking picture of it? This is in 2012, you know, so guaranteed he had a phone with a camera on it. Well, he uses well, the camera phone later. And, yeah. and also, I'm going to kind of jump around, but, like, it matters in this stupid-ass movie. So the first family that he watches die in these home videos... The video is dated in like 1994 or something. Why no, is the it first? The first one he watches is the family that lived in the house before him. Wasn't that in the 90s though? They, no, they, it was they, just now. It was the last one to die. Oh, so so even better. So I guess I should have finished my point before you interrupt me. <laughs> so why is it on Super Eight? Is that why? You're, yeah. But why is it on a real, a real? Exactly. Like why is it on like? A, and then they're like, well. The fucking spirit will get into it, but the fucking evil spirit that eats children that's Rudy Giuliani or whatever or fucking pizza. <laughs> like that the evil spirit's been around since the dawn of time. So did they have reel to reels in like ten, twelve? <laughs> like No, apparently he just got hooked to reel to reel in like the late the first family that got it was like in like the late sixties. Oh, demon. Yeah, they hit, like, then, but then at that point, you really got to see the murder. You right. gotta, it's not, you, it's not, you, you don't want the cheapness of video. You really got to feel the murder. So, which well, point I know, was cool was I know. Like, you know what? I'm keeping with this format. Oh, that's this format only. His name is cool. was like, I love Super 8, and we're sticking with Super 8. <laughs> Fuck you, Betamax. Let's so, go. Well, and then we like, think- make an indestructible reel to reel. Not to give the movie any credit at all, because it deserves none. None. But I think that's in there, the reel-to-reels and the photo. Because if they had to start explaining, like, or not had to start explaining, but they need some kind of workaround as to why it can't stay in digital and then just be totally unstoppable. Well, he's in digital, though, because remember, he pops up on his fucking computer screen. Yeah, but he has to, yeah, true. I don't know. Also, like, just real quick, the monster's name is Bagul, which is just the dumbest fucking, so it's like, it's like the classic monsters of horror, Jason, Freddy, Leatherface, Bagul, like, come on. Pasta (laughs) Bagul. I liked it better when it was, like, on the drawing, it said Mr. Boogie. I was like, all right, that's better. That's Up jump the boogie, let's go. Honestly, better if they just if they just like I think there's already a movie that's called like the Boogeyman or something. But if they just made him the fucking Boogeyman, Booger Man, use the fucking uh, use the fucking uh, John Wick thing. Call him the fucking uh, Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga, yeah, better, but, better than Bagul. Well, here, just Sean, rip through it real quick so we can start shitting on this thing. <laughs> We're already shitting on. I know, but I'm very tired. Let's get through it. There's just there's uh, nothing in this movie. It'll take 10 minutes. Ethan, Ethan Hawke uh, stops the movie to judge a short film festival a la Jay Sherman in The Simpsons. <laughs> it's like the only in, even remotely interesting part of the movie is just the shorts. Agreed. Like, the, it's like a music intro, video. It's like a, it's, the intro of this movie is pretty sick. I thought that, like... The watching, intro I liked. I thought, okay, this is going to be all right. Watching the people get hung and then, like, like, wor- like writhe around until they die, I was like... Hung. They stuck with like, it. I was like, that's awesome. And like the the few times they show the video clips, like there's one where they're knocking, there's people like tied to like uh, deck chairs and they kick them into a pool. So they like drown. That was yeah. awesome. 
It's fucking brutal. Oh, no, all the all the all I thought all of the 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 eight millimeter kills were interesting. They just didn't do anything. Uh, with them. Real quick though, like uh, as long as we're talking about writers and this being like a writer jack off movie, uh, the writer of this needs to understand that clothes get hung and people get hanged. Like that's <laughs> they say hung like two thousand times. Well. <laughs> Um, uh, Ethan Hawke has a family that's explicitly there to be uh, in danger and nothing else and like, so they can the, advance yeah. the plot by by showing that it's getting into the kids a la Amityville or Dude. Ouija or any and, other movie but that like, you may have seen. Both of those kids were fucking obnoxious. But what the one son, like what was the point of having his sleepwalk? They're barely in the movie. Yeah, the one son had like, uh, like spat. Uh, what do you call it? Like, um, like, well, like sleepwalking, and then he would go into like uh, epileptic fits almost. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Also, like, did you guys catch that one scene where like the little girl brings him his coffee, and the mom's like, "You gotta be specific about his fucking coffee because he's special." Was I the only one that thought that they were gonna like tie that into something later on? Because they, they did. did. No, did they- I. I- I missed that then completely. I let me just go ahead and say I wish Alec was here because we used to when we were all together watching movies we used to always judge a movie by the checkout of Alec. I checked out of this movie so hard I was drawling during this movie like I was like so I was just so not invested in this movie at all. I mean, how could you not? <laughs> yeah, I was like I was like like I don't blame you one bit. I could not like like the thing is like I watched it. The, I'm sorry. I was I was only live commenting on it so I would pay attention to. The well, that's movie. how I felt. Like I started watching it. I never watch movies on Friday night because I'm usually like super tired. And if I start watching something past like nine o'clock, I will fall asleep. It doesn't matter what it is because I'm an old man. I wake up too early. My days are too long. You guys know how it is. And. There's a real quick. There's a gogs. There's a mini game in Yakuza where you have to stay awake watching a movie in the movie theater, and it's like the realest thing I've ever experienced. Wow, it's so gogs. You got to get that game. It's wonderful. Mm. But anyway, like I I never start watching a movie then. So like then the movie started, and I was like, oh god, I am legit gonna fall asleep. But I have to finish this movie for the show. So then I like turn all the lights on in the living room. And I got behind my desk and I started drawing. I was like, at least I'll like kind of listen and kind of watch the movie and I will get through this. That's how I I had to figure out a plan on how to finish this movie. That's how bad it was. You know, plan the dive and dive the plan. <laughs> yeah, so Ethan Hawke's wife is and family are there explicitly so they can have the scene later that you've seen in every movie where it's like, this is my work. It's my life. It's like, we're supposed to be your life. In her goofy yeah. British accent. Well, like, and there, there's a stupid... Vincent D'Onofrio is, uh, uh, <laughs> owes somebody a favor, apparently, because he has to Skype into the movie twice real quick. Vincent, Dino- Vincent D'Onofrio uh, to... plays an occult crime expert that the cops call when things get weird. That's yeah. a, that is a line yeah. in a movie that someone was paid to write. Um, yeah, and then he calls and explains the plot of the movie because the movie goes nowhere plot wise, like to explain what's actually going on until Vincent D'Onofrio basically tells you what it is. And it's by like then, it's almost the third act to... that it just ends. Well, then yeah. the the other deputy is brought the fanboy deputy. Um, 
who's like kind of a superfluous character because everything that he gets information wise is stuff that you could Google. Like, I don't really understand his function in the movie. So I thought, so the fanboy, well, he got, he got more information. Like he well, got like the, the fanboy stuff that, yeah, you but it's all stuff it. that's like out of his jurisdiction. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but you can, right. you know, I don't know how. Right. Comes, it's, but I'm assuming when you're not, you know, harassing people of color, you can guess favors <laughs> of <the> jurisdictions. But <laughs> when is that? I don't know. It's a pretty busy schedule, but uh, <laughs> they're really tied up. But like, but the, the, I, there's the, a line. I don't want to cut you off real quick, but I wanted to make this. Go. Uh, he functions as the microfiche in every other one of these movies. Like the, if your kids aren't familiar with it, it's like a tape machine that they used to record newspapers on and it makes a fun, like click, click noise. That's what yeah. he's there to do. I, I, my favorite line is when he calls him, when he moves out to the new house, he's basically like, you've done what everyone else has done. Now you're going to die. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, real quick, we uh, we got to introduce these stakes into the movie because we forgot to explain it. Uh, and I hope you enjoy moving into your small private college that oh, you yeah. moved to, which is a hundred percent not a house. No. Well, I guess you're led to believe then, that, uh, like, you're led to believe that they had to leave that manse because he's sort of down on his luck. They're out of money. They got to sell that house. They kind of say that in the beginning. No, but I'm talking about the structure that they actually moved to is like a private college. Like, it doesn't even look like a house. It looks like some kind of educational building. It is gigantic. Like, it's just a poor, like, uh, location. Oh, right. Um, and then, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio calls again to re-explain the plot of the movie uh, right after that deputy calls to explain the stakes and the other half of the plot. And well, then it just kind of ends. Well, Vincent D'Onofrio kind of offers up in the, like, like he hucks up a hail mary about any image of this thing allows it to be a portal, which he could have said before, but he didn't, because now it matters that it's a portal to get to wherever they are. It's almost like this movie was like a. Um, it didn't have a script. It was like a. What do you call it? Why can't I think of the word? Uh, like you know, kids in the hole with the, or the. Oh, is improv? Yeah, like it felt like they're. Yeah, it felt like improv. It's like, oh shit, we forgot to like have movie stuff in here. We gotta add that real quick. Uh, like, everybody that moves out gets killed, and there's a demon, and there's a portal. Okay, bye. Like, yeah, the, the movie is like the movie acts like one big setup to something <laughs> bigger that you don't care about. Like, uh-huh. like the whole movie. Like I, so right from Jump Street, like I thought that that whoever came up with that method of having. Everyone get hung by having the giant branch cut and pull them down. I was like, oh, that's pretty fucked up. Like, that's not yeah. bad. Like, and like what TJ said, like all the Super 8 stuff I was into, but it's just the connecting thread is weak and you don't care. Like, and then at the very end, it doesn't even really resolve itself because, like, it's not like they broke the cycle. Spoiler alert. No. Well, also, like, you guys were just talking about how it felt like improv. They also they introduced the thing where you got Bagul, who's the fucking demon guy, but then like they introduced how well he like gets he like possesses people, like because every that- one of the murders had like a missing child. It was like the whole family died, and then there was one kid unaccounted for in every one of these cases. I thought one of the corniest things in the whole movie is you introduce this fucking guy that looks like a juggalo. It was like your big bad. 
But then he doesn't even kill Ethan Hawke at the end. It's Ethan Hawke's stupid daughter, and it's just like, that's fucking dumb. Like, I don't like that at you all. Know, the, the, uh, the Bagul, or whatever his name is, he looks like Jackie Estacado from The Darkness. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, it's not... Um, the, the bad guy could not be less threatening, I guess, or sinister. We don't really know anything about him. Like, he doesn't really... He has no personality. And, like, the, the whole, like, force of nature thing works. I mean, the Michael Myers thing, I guess, is what it is. Works when you establish the character well. But, like, all this character is is somebody that looks like a... He looks like a like a scary, like, mannequin you'd see at, like, Spirit Halloween. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, like, a, a threatening presence, except... He he does these things that elicit jump scares. You know what I mean? Like he's not. There's nothing. Yeah, like it, the th- the label would say puzzle torture man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what's the like? I, I guess you're led to believe that. So the whole chain of events is every time. So everyone lived in the other, the, in the previous victim's home, and then moved, and then got killed, and then someone bought that home. And then moved and got killed, like some sort of weird murder inchworm. But like, I are you led to believe that everyone else experienced the same thing? Like they found the Super Eight box and then they got kind of like tormented by it, and then well, yeah, because the box like appears again. Remember, like it just shows up. So I guess right, the he box also burns just... all the shit. Like it's like a supernatural movie collection. I guess. I, I I think a more interesting movie is I think the more interesting movie is watching all the other families go through it and then it ends at Ethan Hawke and then maybe the cycle breaks like is it it's better to have the cycle broken right yeah I well you need a so. sequel do you <laughs> well uh, they made apparently one. there's like several of them. Well, this is another Blumhouse movie, so it, they made it for like six bucks, and it made like a billion dollars somehow. Mm. This uh, one thing I wanted to mention about this movie is like I know it came out in 2012, but it feels like incredibly dated. It's like the like there's there's two kinds of horror movies now, right? Like in the kind of horror, the modern horror. There's the like the Babadook, your next hereditary, that school of horror, and then there's this like Blumhouse unfriended type bullshit. Yeah. And like uh, Insidious and all those other fucking cheapo jump scare movies. This movie, like, if you told me they made this movie in 1997, I would have believed you because it's like it just feels so dead. Yeah, yeah the budget no. for this thing was three million, and it made 87. This thing is a certified hit. It's made 87 million dollars. Jesus Christ! That's I mean, crazy. Made, I mean, you make if you make 20 times, you almost made 30 times your money back. Well, I've heard this movie, I've heard not from people that I know, but I've heard that this movie is good. And I was like, as I was watching it, I was like, I almost wanted to make a declaration. Like, if you like this movie, then just just don't ever talk to me about a film again. Like, like there's there's parts of this movie that I think are have promised. They just don't do anything with it. The only thing that has promised is the murder footage. Right. I, still, I don't know how you, I don't know, like, like I said in the beginning, like, this is like, Half of one of those anthology movies, like stories. I, I will like, give you. I, I will improve this movie. I'll tell you how to fix this movie, please. So the movie goes out of its way to try to tell you that, like Ethan Hawke, mate, like it, it's same. I always have this idea. 
but instead of having it so obvious that Ethan Hawke is not insane and he's seeing all these things and he's prompted into his like erratic behavior, make it like more ambiguous. Like make make Ethan Hawke like gradually go insane from all his like uh, research and like the life that he's decided, and he maybe he becomes a child murderer because of it. But like oh, it's, it's more like a more like The Shining, more yeah. like what is it, the, the Mouth of Madness? Yeah, but that kind of stuff I think is more interesting because you can you can put a face to Ethan Hawke. You can understand how terrifying it would be if your father decided to like murder you in your sleep. But you don't know how terrifying it is to have a juggalo like show up on your monitor and be like, Whoa. like you know what I mean? I don't know. I but Sean, ask Sean. Sean's a writer. I'm not a fucking writer. How would Sean fix? This? Ask me what? How would you fix this? I, would, you, would, you know what the better version of this movie is? Honestly, is fucking eight millimeter. Like it's just a guy sitting around watching fucking snuff films, trying to figure out what's going on. Like there's nowhere to go with the movie because like there's nothing. The the you don't really understand what the antagonist or the villain is until like so far towards the end of the movie. Like he's not competing against anything. There's not really a conflict. Like the cops should be in it more, like harassing him or something. They're just he's just sitting around watching fucking films. Should it be like more until like the very end of the movie? Like, is it a better movie if he's trying to figure out why this happened for other reasons? Like, it's not just to write a book about it, but like, it was like, well, the thing is, like, like someone he doesn't he died he, or something. He like, doesn't, but like, he doesn't do any writing. Yeah, right. He also like the whole thing is like he moves to this town to do research. But he doesn't do any fucking research. He just watches these fucking movies. That's well, the thing. Like, if, you, if, if you're gonna if, if oh, you're no. gonna do the thing where you move him to the town, he's got to like interact with the locals because otherwise, yeah. we have the internet. Again, this isn't 1976. He could do all that shit from home, or yeah. he's a big time famous writer. He could farm it out to some interns or something. Like, he needs to be out. Like, it needs to be like Zodiac. If you want to make yeah. a, a movie about investigative journalism that works, it's Zodiac. Have him go to this town. This town is fucked up because of this bagul or whatever. Like, the town, it doesn't even want to fucking talk about it. And again, this is a fucking horror trope. They've done this in a hundred movies. Well, it's like, Silent Hill. But that's more interesting, right? Like, have him actually do stuff besides just well, staying in be better if, house. It'd be like, more interesting if, like, the monster was anchored to a geographical location as opposed to anchored to 8mm video. Well, and like, also like cave paintings and shit. Yeah, but like, like, so like, you don't get. Well, like you mentioned, Silent Hill. The reason why Silent Hill works is because the monsters are just parts of his personality. Like they're not actually there. Like in, right. I think most of them. Well, in the second like, one. Yeah, we watched Jacob's Ladder, and like that's a very successful horror movie where they have like monstrous shit. But he, the thing with that movie is, if he just stayed in his apartment the whole time, it'd be boring as piss. Like he's out interacting with the town. Like why? The whole point of having the guy move is so he can interact with the people, but they do nothing. Like I, well, I think they made like, like the he, whole point from being there to like to interact. I think they made it a bigger point to say he's going to interact with the house because of the specific house he moved to. I don't know like, what yeah. reason. Yeah, but the like, house just the like house is inspiration. Like, the house is boring. Like they right, don't. But it's not. He's he's also not doing like forensics and shit. He's just kind of being there. Like so, when I first like first going through with the eight millimeter stuff, I was like, oh, did all of these murders happen in this house? That's insane. 
Right. I thought that was a. Then I realized that no, all these features aren't there. I like that idea better. Like, there's this house that just keeps. Like now it's a haunted house movie. I think that's more fun. Also, well, guys, every- you know what would actually make this premise make sense? Uh, it would be like a cheap way to do it. Is that Ethan Hawke is some kind of psychic? He's like a. Well, he has that shit that Longshot has, or the Dead Zone guy has, where he touches stuff and he yeah, can yeah, see yeah. into the past or the future or whatever. Right. Because there's no physical reason he needs to be there. You're right. And the fact that he moved there and not tell his wife is like a story beat that doesn't need to be there either. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, because they have that weird semantics argument, like just so they could be clever, like, oh, well, we, we did move two houses away. Ha ha ha. Like, you yeah. know, that kind of. Ugh. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know. This like, it, it literally feels like this script was written in like five minutes. Like they were just like, well, whatever. It, it feels like they wrote the script around the Super Eight videos, right? Yeah. Like they had a handful of fun, like ways to kill people off, and they were like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Now how do we string it all together? Yeah. I don't know. Also, like the title sucks. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Like sinister. Like what does that have to do with the movie? Like the mur- murders are sinister. Like yeah, they should okay. call it a movie box. Why didn't they just call it fucking bagul? Like I don't like you know what I mean. Like I don't. It, it, everything seems so inconsequential. Like the title is inconsequential. All the characters are in, inconsequential. The villain is inconsequential. Like it's just such a lazy fucking movie. Like it just seems like like I I don't know. I I was watching this. And again, I was thinking about people that have told me this movie is good, and I was thinking about how, like, I'm a snob and an elitist when it comes to, like, certain kinds of music. And, and like, you know, it's like people be like, oh, Five Finger Death Punch, that's a great metal band. And I'm like, that's not a fucking metal band. Like, you know what I mean? It's not even close. It's the same thing. Like, that's what Sinister is, right? People like, oh, I love horror movies. It's like, well, you don't like horror movies. You just like this generic bullshit that just took a half an hour to write. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Heredity, that's a great horror movie. That's a real horror movie. Even 80s stuff, Halloween, great, great 80s, great horror movie. Nightmare Before Cur- or Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare on Elm Street, great horror movie. Black Christmas, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like what Sean just said. Like, there's this school of just shitty Blumhouse, like, generic shit. I don't know. Uh, and crank it out cheap, and it makes a fucking lot of cash. I mean, I can't fault them if it made eighty-six million dollars, like, and a sequel. How much did the sequel make, Doug? Let's look. Let's go to the videotape. Uh, as I'm looking this up, I just want to say I felt bad for Ethan Hawke because I don't think he's that bad in it. He's bad. I don't know. He's pretty bad. I think he's. Childhood. He's got nothing to do. He's unlikable, but his like. I thought he, I thought he was trying. He's the only, he's the only one in this movie that's given a rat's ass. You know what, Goggs? I'm going to disagree with you on him being good just for that one scene where he's trying to say he doesn't believe in ghosts, and he does that like bad stagey. Huh? I don't believe in, you know, <laughs> that kind of shit. Like, okay, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's pretty bad. Sinister Two budget ten mil made fifty four. So between both Sinister movies. They spent thirteen million and they made a hundred and almost forty million dollars. Mm. So pretty good overall. So pretty good. So they did huh. it. 
Yeah, they're only out there doing it. All right. Uh, five knuckle shuffle time because Gogs is tired. Unless you guys have any other things you want to bring up, there's nothing else to say about this thing. Yeah, it's awful. It's a shame. It's a shame Ethan Hawke had to do this. I mean, he's he's also in the the first Purge movie, if memory serves. That is correct. He's, he's also in some kind of like Hungarian transporter ripoff movie around this time. Remember, he went through a. Oh yeah, I guess he still kind of is going through. A hell of a phase of just dog shit, except for first reformed. Uh, he's in, he's good in uh, pre precognition, uh, predestination. That- yeah. Predestination's great. Yeah, I think that's going to be my pick because I really like that movie. That's a good one. Uh, anyway, uh, Sean, uh, one for the Super Eight stuff uh, is interesting. Like. But this movie is it's bordering on unwatchable, both from like a story construction and a just technical, like you can't see what's going on. And it doesn't yeah. like it. Like I, I hate to keep bringing up the Xbox 360 game, The Darkness. But if there was like some kind of like power in the shadows or something, he drew from like again, he's some kind of psychic like in the Alan shadows. Of, yeah, the shadows of the house tell him the tales or whatever. Like. It would make sense why it's so dark all the time. Or, shit, give him some kind of weird condition where, like, he can't come out in the daytime and he can't be around bright light, one of those people. Or what if he's blind? You could you could write it off that way, too. Like, well, I mean, I guess, but it's, but, it, but it's weird that, like, he would subject his whole family to, like... Well, you get rid of the dark light. The family's pointless anyway, so. Yeah. You have to get that Super 8 on also, rail. don't we like Scott Derrickson for some reason? Because he directed this, and... This is one of the worst directed movies <laughs> that I can remember. Yeah, he directed Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, did he do something else that we like? I don't know. He did that. Uh, the Last Exorcism of Emily Rose, or whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, uh, that was okay. I didn't. Yeah, it was like okay. Yeah, there were some right. weird. Um, there were some weird directorial choices too. Like there was one time he was reloading the film into the Super Eight and it or into the projector, and it was done in like. A weird, like speed rampy sort of. It yeah, didn't, it was incongruous with the way the rest of the movie was shot. You know what I think that was Gogs is he couldn't figure out how to fucking load the film in there, so they had to. There's like a, a jump cut in it, so it looks like he actually put it in. Ah, uh, I see. I also love the scene where he he basically Google's how to edit film, but he's got the little <laughs> edit splicer like right there. Like, wouldn't you have to order that? I I would think, yeah. He also uh, yeah. did, Scott Derrickson also did the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. I like that movie. It's, it's pretty it's good. Not bad, yeah. Yeah, the one with Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. That's yeah, not bad. Well, he, he whiffed on this one, <laughs> to say the least. And he, he's not making the second Doctor Strange movie because they kicked him off the project. I guess they saw this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, Wait I, know you, I know you did Doctor Strange. For us, uh, in, in in 2016, but we stumbled across 2012 Sinister, and we're gonna just not. We're gonna not. Yeah. So one from Sean. Yeah, and it's lucky to get that. Like, again, I'm just a sucker for Super Eight shit in general. So, like, I just like that aesthetic. But, um, I mean, some of that stuff was well done. It's like spooky in a in a Nine Inch Nails sort of way. You know who could have made this movie well? Uh, uh, Mike, Stanley Mike Kubrick. Mike Flanagan. It, do, it does done, feel like a shitty Mike Flanagan movie. He would have done the same thing he did with Ouija 2, where he could have made this movie 
but you make it in the 70s, and I bet you it would have been a better movie. Right, when like Super 8 was relevant? Yes. Well, we all know Mike Flanagan's pretty talented. He can take chicken shit and turn it into chicken like, salad. It would, be, would it be more interesting if it seemed like it was a true serial killer? And the serial killer's tape is videoing everything or recording everything. And, and then again, find out it's a thing. Yeah, it, anything that you could come up with would be more interesting than like this you movie. think you're investigating a serial killer only to find out you're investigating a demon. That's more interesting. No. Yes. Yeah. Because again, it, there's some kind of conflict there. Yes, exactly. And also something you can kind of relate to, like at a certain point, like you understand about serial killers and things. Like, like you, you think there's have... a serial killer that's called Mr. Boogie in the streets, but only I you find out. Really, like, can you think of a movie where it's like, oh, the killer's like this millennium old monster? Like, it never works. Like, yeah, new Freddy Krueger in a new yeah. nightmare. Yeah, new nightmare. Oh. It didn't. It didn't work. Wait, no, no, hold on, hold on. There's got to be like the Blair Witch. It worked. You mean besides God? I mean, nice. <laughs> um, I mean the Blair Witch that. But, like, that's super ambiguous. You're never actually in, you don't encounter the Blair Witch in the Blair Witch. Right. But, I mean, you I'm just saying I mean? Like, that's like, I said, there's, other, there's other demonic movies that work, right? Because all, all demonic movies are like ancient things. I mean, I guess The Exorcist, if you want to say that way, because they do make the illusion that the fucking demon that's in uh, Reagan is like millions of years old. But, like, like, same thing with like Children of the Corn, right? I don't really think that counts. Not in the same way I'm talking about, because they don't like have. I guess the difference is they don't have an occult expert that looks at cave paintings and is like, "See this?" Like, oh, well, I mean, like in a weird way, he's all, they're almost trying to do like, like a Lovecraft Cthulhuian level, like you know, like here's like all these old art rendering bullshits. Yeah, and notice how many great H.P. Lovecraft movies there are. I almost watched The Color Out of Space. You'll probably love it. I probably will because I'm a dumb dumb. But I wish I loved it. So many people like. No, I don't mean it like you're a dumb dumb gogs. I mean it because I think I'm the only person that didn't like the movie. Really? Yeah, a lot and, of people I like like that movie, it. and I really? hate it. I hate it. You like the story though, right? The the original story, yeah. It's yeah. Great. You read that? It's great. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. I wish it was more like the original story. Like the problem I have with it is that it's not. I, I really didn't like it at all. Like I, and it was one of those movies where everyone seems to love it, and I'm just like, what did you people watch? They're like, well, it's weird, and Nick Cage is weird, and I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily make it good. Well, there I don't you know. Go. Anyway, one from Sean. Who who's who goes next, Sean? Uh, I'm gonna say Gogs because I'm curious, like I'm, what two or three I'm he gives. Lashing. Up to. You guys can't see this at home, but I'm lashing myself after this terrible movie. I'm flagellating myself with don't, my... Uh, don't fart so much. Um, <laughs> no, I no, used I'm, it right. I said the right word. I know. I know. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a two. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. Generous. Uh, I like the Super 8 stuff. I didn't think Ethan Hawke was that terrible in it. I feel like... I know you can't... I know this isn't the reason to give something something, but like... I feel like there could have been a better movie in here. They just missed it. But it's like the movie's like all set up and no payoff. And, and that's, I don't know how you, I don't know how, like when they were done, like how they're doing the dailies on this thing. And they like go to, they go to, you know, hit print 
and they're like, wait a minute, shouldn't we finish this movie? Like, shouldn't there be <laughs> like, <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, that might be the best dog's comment about a movie I've ever heard. <laughs> like, wait a minute, time out. Guys, 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 guys. Even Sean's dog loved that comment. Before they hit print on the movie. <laughs> but like <laughs> oh, hold on, God, God, give me a minute. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad so, that go, go ahead, I'm gonna mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Movies are supposed to be finished. Like I feel like there's a better movie in here somewhere. There's a there's something. And like I'm saying the Super 8 stuff is like menacing and creepy as hell and I liked it better when you found out like I wish you'd found out something else happened to the kids and like the kids weren't like the ones that necessarily I I, I like the I, I prefer it that's implied that the kids do it without them actually showing you like the extended cuts they did at the end and like them like going Shh. and then I don't know why you see the kid ghosts and if you see the kid ghosts why are they appearing to Ethan Hawke like, so they should only it's a here's a better movie you run a parallel story where the, the kid ghosts are enticing the daughter the entire time. Oh, you mean like Ouija 2? Origin right. of Evil? Right. But like she's getting courted. <laughs> like she's also being courted by them. So you can kind of. So like it, like it builds, right? Like it builds to like her. What's her fucking creepy finale going to be? Like when is she going to break? And to come back to TJ's thing about the coffee. It's because at the very end. She makes her dad that cup of coffee that's got whatever sedative whatever like blowfish poison is in there oh, I, I totally missed that again i was i was drawing I th- Galactus I, I, I thought that stuff. scene was just in there to be like because writers are douchebags like oh he's a man of uh you know taste as a writer he's a french press like a real asshole but uh no i i think i think, I think it was just set up i think that was literally that was Chekhov's french press to set up the daughter bring him the cup of coffee which he drank and then foamed at the mouth, and then he got split up to pieces. Um, I don't know. I did. I thought some of the other stuff, like with the Super 8 stuff, I thought that the way they sort of, in, in like some of the best stuff they did was like they didn't show everything, but they just showed Ethan Hawke's reactions to it. I thought that was good. Like, uh, but yeah, it's just an unfinished, it's all, it's not. What the hell? Sean, what are you doing over there? Good lord. They're letting a dog out. Uh, turn, turn so, your, don't don't run your paper shredder during the show. Yeah. But that's, uh, no, I got to get rid of those Panama papers now that everybody <laughs> can pay attention to shit again. Oh, shit. <laughs> but so, Gogs likes the movie for uh, Super 8, and he enjoys reaction shots. Well, I thought the reaction shots, I thought it was, you know. Yeah, no, I know. Just, yeah. It's just there's so little to. There's little to, to grab onto. Yeah. Right. And I think it's just, I think I've got a soft spot for Ethan Hawke. So, um, TJ. Uh, it's a one for me, dog. I hated this movie like intensely, but I did like the murder videos. I thought the murder videos were super cool. And I also like the fact, and I could be wrong again. I, I, I want to point to the fact that I checked out of this movie very hard. Uh, I think when they showed the murder videos, at least at first, there was no like sound or anything. No. Like, stuck with it and that's awesome like that's what i bitch about all the time like that's like my saw problem it was like, very unnerving like watching people get hung to death with no fucking audio track or cuts like yeah give me more of that 
I think it was just like the click, 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 or whatever the noise of the projector. Yeah, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, but uh, the rest of the movie was just trash. It was tropey and not the fun ways. I thought Ethan. I thought everyone was bad in this movie. I didn't think there was a single actor that I liked in this movie. Um, I hated it, and I, like I said, I've checked out of this harder than I've checked out of probably any movie that we watched, including Jujitsu, which we watched last week, which was horrible. Uh, so it's a one for me, Dylan. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a trash movie for trash people. If you like this movie, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> God damn! And you have terrible taste. Oh, so that's uh, that. That's what? that. Uh, Sean, I think it's next week's pick. Um, shit. Uh, I kind of want to pick one of the before movies, but like that's not really a movie we do on the show. Yeah, I, I would recommend not. You can if you'd like. But. Wait, the what? Oh, I'm going to pick Training Day. Oh. He's in that? I yeah. forgot. Yeah, he's, he's the second lead. The second lead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah, of course. All right. I remember liking that movie. Yeah, we'll see. It's a David Ayer script, so we'll see how well that holds up. Mm. Yeah, we might not like it anymore. I'm surgical with this thing, Jake. <laughs> Oh man, but King yeah, Kong so, ain't got shit on me. Like talking about this movie makes me tired. It's yeah. so bad and so hard to watch. Like I was taking pictures of how dark the movie was, and the movie is so dark that all you can see is the reflection of my living room. I couldn't get a good picture. Yeah, I was the same yeah. way. I, yeah, I, I was. I almost like contemplated trying to to play it on my phone so I could like screenshot it to post it because it's so dark. But then I was like, I don't feel like putting this much effort into this. Like, just trust me when I tell you that it's very dark. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So next week, uh, we get to watch Training Day. I'm interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, me too. You get to a nice uh, Macy Gray cameo. Yeah, and you get to see uh, what's her name's boobies, if I remember correctly. Is it Eva Mendes? Yeah, I think she shows yeah. her boobies in that. Which, who doesn't like that? Baby Goose and Eva Mendes must have the most beautiful sex I can ever imagine. I mean, written written by David Ayer, but directed by Antoine Fuqua. So. Yeah, the real symbol of quality. Who also has like dived down in quality since that film. They both have, have similar career trajectories. Well, maybe uh, it was Gowan. Hmm. All right, everybody. Well, you know the right. drill. Eat your own ass, and uh, we'll see you next week. A lot of bitch. Bye-bye.